This is Linda Drake, and you are dialed into the Arizona Technology Council Tech Focus Member Spotlight Podcast. We welcome you to the podcast where we highlight the thought leaders and entrepreneurs who are growing Arizona's promise as a world class technology business hub. Each of our episodes features an innovative entrepreneur, transformative leaders, and technology titans. These are people who are reshaping the state's evolving tech ecosystem as we speak. All of us at the Arizona Technology Council and at Michael Beach Coaching and Consulting are excited to be able to bring you this podcast every month. We love bringing you closer to the current information about what's happening in the technology sector right here in the great state of Arizona. I am Linda Drake. I'm a certified executive coaching consultant with Michael Beach Coaching and Consulting. I am very excited to have as our focus on this episode, Tech Launch Arizona, or TLA. Please listen carefully to the huge impact TLA has had on our economy so far with only a few years in business. And stay tuned for some phenomenal stories. Tech Launch Arizona is the office of the University of Arizona that creates social and economic impact through commercializing inventions stemming from university research. The office builds connections between talented U of A faculty, researchers and staff, and experienced entrepreneurs and investors to create an ecosystem that refines ideas that start in research and innovation and grows them into products and businesses that benefit society. TLA supports entrepreneurship through a variety of initiatives, including protecting and licensing intellectual property, training startup teams in customer discovery, providing funding to advance early stage inventions toward market readiness, and hosting initiatives to help students and faculty move innovative ideas from concept to societal impact. In its only 10-year history, TLA has taken over 2,700 invention disclosures, had over 615 U.S. patents issued, executed upwards of 500 licenses and options for U of A technologies, and launched over 135 startups. All of this has generated an economic impact of over $1.6 billion. And we are very fortunate to have as our guest today from Tech Launch Arizona, the one and only Doug Hoxted, who serves as the Associate Vice President of Tech Launch Arizona. He joined U of A in 2013, initially directing the IP and licensing function, 
and building on more than 25 years of his own experience in high-tech markets. His career began in the software industry where he gained experience in both established companies and startups. And from there, he moved on to tech transfer at the University of Michigan, where his primary responsibility was managing software and other copyright-related intellectual property created across U of M campus. Doug also served on the Association of University Technology Managers Board of Directors, helping to set the strategic direction of that organization. Welcome, Doug. I am so glad you could join us. Hi, Linda. Thanks for having me. And I'm really excited to be the one and only Doug Hockstad. <laughs> I feel special. You are, sir. You are. <laughs> you are. So, Doug, clarify for our listeners how the public benefits from Tech Launch Arizona. So Tech Launch, as, as you said in your introduction, Tech Launch is all about taking the results of the incredible research done at the university and translating that, moving that out of the university and into the public. Uh, so how the public benefits is many ways. You mentioned one of them, uh, the impact on our ecosystem. Over the last five years, we've had a $1.6 billion impact on the ecosystem. We've supported over 2,500 jobs. That's produced something like a half a billion, 500 million, millions anyway, of uh, salaries. I mean, this is all beneficial to the ecosystem. But also, what's happening is something that the university has discovered is now being applied to society. The really easy examples are things like new compounds, new therapies for diseases that are facing all of us. As an example, the university has been working on therapies for valley fever. So it's that kind of thing that's happening within the university and through our work actually gets out into the world where it can affect an individual, a group, a society. Just a huge impact. And there's a particular terminology that you use called technology transfer. Please let our listeners know and explain what that terminology means. Sure. Uh, technology transfer is the generic term for what universities across the country and around the world do to move technologies or inventions from the university out into the world. It's just generically called tech transfer. Some uh, universities refer to their office as the Office of Technology Transfer or the Tech Transfer Office, or more and more, these offices are taking on a greater and greater responsibility beyond just patenting a technology or just licensing. And that's where we get into things like starting companies, uh, maybe some ecosystem development responsibility. And they've, they've started to rename themselves something like us, where we're Tech Launch Arizona. It's kind of a, a grander vision of just tech transfer. It's a very, very interesting and complex process that you take entrepreneurs through, that you take tech through to get it to the final result. Absolutely. As a leading public research university, the U of A does over 800 million and is targeting reaching 1 billion in research expenditures in the coming years. Tech Launch Arizona is part of research, innovation, and impact at the U of A. 
what is TLA's purpose in the context of the research mission of the university? So I, that's a really interesting question. And I, the best way to answer that is it's a continuum. So the research mission of the university is to discover, is to do basic research and applied research and move knowledge forward for society. It's also to educate students and create new uh, people doing that research or affecting the world. So the RII responsibility or research innovation and impact is really focused on that part I described of the research initiative of trying to get to understand how things work in the world, but moving it beyond just understanding, moving it beyond publications and to the impact side of it. So we lie in the impact side of research, innovation and impact. We take the results of research often resulting in some kind of innovation and we work with that innovation to codify it, to protect it, to then market it out to the world to try and get it out to help people in everyday lives. You're producing incredible results. And we often think about research and innovation as happening at the university away from the general public. But that's not the case when it comes to invention and commercialization. The work that your group is involved with, that's what it's all about, is invention and commercialization. In what ways can the general public get involved and benefit from opportunities to engage with Tech Launch Arizona? Oh, Linda, I'm so glad you asked that. Um, I mean, I would say, first of all, everyone, I say everyone in Arizona, should be looking for ways to support higher education and research. It's, that is going to be the differentiator of the future. It's going to be the differentiator and the strength, strength of our state. Specifically for TLA, there are many ways that anybody in the ecosystem, and even beyond our local ecosystem if they want to, can get involved with our work and our efforts. Just to give you some examples, we have a network, we call it the commercialization network, of people around the country that are interested in providing their expertise. And we finally, because of the, the interest in this, we've, we've essentially created three different classifications of a network member. The, the lowest level or the, the first beginning level is an enthusiast. Someone who really wants to understand what's going on, doesn't know where their role might lie, doesn't wanna make any commitments, just wants to be in the know. And for that enthusiast, we add them to our network, just receiving our newsletter, maybe some invitations to events, things like that. The next level of a network member is we call them the commercialization network members. Those are people that have some level of expertise. Maybe it's a domain knowledge. Uh, maybe it's an experience of running a company. So it's a business experience, et cetera. And they're willing basically to answer the phone. If we call and we say, hey, you have expertise in an area that we really could use some help in, and they'll answer it and they'll talk to us for 10, 15 minutes, or maybe talk to one of our startups for 10, 15 minutes and just lend their expertise on an occasional, pretty sporadic basis. And then the last level, the most engaged level, uh, we call a partner or a mentor. And so we have a group of about 30 commercialization partners 
within the network that have said, essentially, I'll dedicate more time to you guys. And we meet with them on a pretty regular basis, at least once a month, talk to them about projects that we're working on, get their advice, their thoughts. Occasionally, they get really interested in something we're working on and they want to meet the investigator. We'll, we'll help arrange that, understanding more about what that research is about. I think it's key to say we're not looking for people that are scientists. You know, because we work with scientists doesn't mean that the a commercialization partner needs to be a scientist. They could be a CEO that really likes to know what's going on and can lend that expertise of running a company or what industry might be looking for. The last kind of angle on the commercialization partner is a mentor. On a pretty regular basis, we need to attach, we kind of like been there, done that people. So mentors that know how to guide people, give them advice, advise through the process of different aspects, maybe starting a company, uh, maybe uh, understanding their customer base. And we will connect those mentors to different projects that then they can lend their expertise to this group. So it's a little bit more of a commitment, but none of these are heavy commitment. They are things like... Um, uh, the mentor might be 90 minutes every two months. Um, it's, it's that kind of thing. And they could also get involved in more. So it's really up to them how much they want to get involved. I'll, I'll add that in many cases, people get worried. I don't know if I can commit. We're not looking for someone and we're not going to hold someone to a quote unquote commitment. If they're available, they'll say, yep, I'm available. If they're not available when we ask them to do something, they can say, no, I'm sorry, I'd love to, but I can't. And that's totally okay. So those are some ways. The one other thing I want to throw in here, there is a new program that we're kicking off this year. It's really, really exciting. And it's a way that people anywhere, not just in our ecosystem, but across the country, could support what's going on at the university and could support growing the ecosystem. And that is we are building a new wildcat seed fund. So this is philanthropically based. These are donations to the university going specifically to this new seed fund. And the seed fund will be used to give really early pre-seed money to startups that are affiliated with the university. Could be a student startup, could be one of our startups coming out of our deep technologies. And it's very low amounts, typically fifty dollars to $250,000 type investments that then go into the company to get them to a stage where they're ready to really pitch for bigger money. And we think that's one of the big, what we call valleys of death. When a new startup launches, they need to have some money to move them forward enough to get to a point where they can ask for bigger amounts of money. I completely understand. I think having the level in your network of the enthusiast, the commercialization, and the mentor is a brilliant idea, but this is also a brilliant idea. And I just will share, I was an entrepreneur for 24 years, and I understand perfectly the need. When you start out, you're starting from nothing. And in order to build and grow, you've got to have some seed funds to rely on, to back up on. Uh, I, I think this is a, the Wildcat Seed Fund is a wonderful idea. Well, thank you very much. And 
you just let it slip that you were an entrepreneur, which means we should talk to you about joining the network. <laughs> probably. <laughs> and you know what? I probably would love it. So thank you very much. Absolutely. So you talk about the end game of technology commercialization being the heavy impact. What do you mean by that? And what are some examples of the impact that Tech Launch has generated in working with U of A inventors? Yeah, thank you. We've described some of it already. We look at the impact through that economic impact report that we generated for the previous five years of our operations. And we're looking at things like the overall financial impact on our ecosystem, the number of jobs that we're supporting, the amount of tax revenue that's being generated. All of that we look at as part of the impact. But then the other thing that we track is any particular technology, what's the impact it's having on the world? And in fact, you mentioned Autumn a little while ago, the Association of University Technology Managers, they have a program called A Better World, where they highlight different things, different technologies that have made a better world for everybody. And we actually submit things to that program as well. We believe that's part of the impact. What is the better world we're making? I'll give you a couple of examples, just things that we believe really have made a better world. Uh, one of our investigators, an incredible man named Jim Schweigerling, who sadly recently passed, created a new interocular lens. That is for your eye. And when you have cataract surgery and you get your lenses replaced. Well, often, typically, that is a single plane of focus. And you can get multi-planes of focus. But as you increase the number of planes of focus, you decrease the amount of light that's actually getting to your retina and it makes things dim. What Jim created was a trifocal lens so you don't need glasses. You have a near, a mid and a far vision and it allowed more light in so they were brighter images. This has been to us one of our most impactful things. It's been implanted in millions of eyes around the world. That's, that's one example. An another potentially great example of, of real impact I'm going to jump all the way to the other end of the spectrum. So from a medical device to software and education. Uh, we had a startup called Science of Sport. And in Science of Sport, it was based on research and curriculum developed in the university. It incorporates examples from sports to create education relevant and through hands-on and minds-on learning opportunities. And what they've done is they've partnered with professional sports organizations around the country to present this material to students, typically during summer programs. And they've had over a half a million youth impacted by this already. So those are two both ends of the spectrum examples of what can happen when we get things out of the lab into the world. I have several more, but I also remember earlier you mentioned that we would be telling stories about different things. And I figured I'll save some of these for that, those stories. Okay, great. And that's exactly where we're headed. You know, it's great to talk about this at a very high level. I love the story about the trifocal lens yeah. and the science of sports. It's just a phenomenal development that really is impacting worldwide. But let's hear some of those stories. Tell us some 
inventors and inventions that we should really know about and be proud of right here in Arizona, aside sure. from the trifocal lens and the science of sports. I'll just, I'll spout a whole bunch of them. And at some point you can just cut me off and say, that's just too many, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> so some of these are not going to be currently available, but they will give an example of what to look for coming from what's happening here. So as an example of that, we have a startup called Reglagene based here in Tucson that is creating a treatment for brain cancer. So you can imagine how that'll affect people with brain cancer that we'll have created a treatment to help them. We have another company, oddly similar name, called Regulonics. They're developing something that will have a worldwide impact. And that is, it's a non-opioid-based alternative for pain. So it's non-addictive, it's very efficacious. You can imagine with the opioid epidemic, how much a non-opioid, non-addictive drug that handles pain as well as opioids do could affect everybody in the world. So people understand taking a drug from where we are to being in people is a long, expensive process. It'll typically take about 10 years to get to people and well over a billion dollars in investment to get there. So this is a long process for these companies and they're taking on a lot of risk. Most drugs fail. So you can understand how difficult it is to move a drug from this stage all the way through to people. But moving away from, from those kinds of therapeutics for a minute, let's move into more of a physical world. We have a startup right now that's got a product on the market. It's called BG Networks. And BG Networks, is in the cybersecurity of, you may have heard of this term, Internet of Things. And they're focused on med devices and automobiles right now, but it'll go beyond that. And the idea is that they can actually protect those devices from cyber attacks. And like I said, they've got a product on the market today. So this that's one of our, our really exciting ones. Another one for those of us that care about the environment, if you are familiar with the problems of solar electricity, solar electricity is mostly generated during the middle of the day. And it's mostly, and electricity is mostly used at night and in the morning. So there's a problem, there's a mismatch between generation and availability, which is why we need storage for electricity. And we have a startup called Carbinium Tech. This is cool technology. So this is grid scale battery storage of electricity. And the twist is that they're using an organic material for this battery. So there's no rare earth metals that are involved. So we're not mining lithium, et cetera. So that's, that could be hugely valuable, both in fulfilling a need of energy storage and fulfilling uh, the, the green angle of these types of batteries. Uh, we have a, a company out there that is, it's called LunaWave. They have developed a new antenna for radar technology that provides long range, high resolution detection. So you can imagine this on uh, autonomous vehicles, a much longer range and more precise, more resolution 
This technology has already been through multiple stages. They've had investment from different places. Fully believe this one's going to be successful. Will someone say, hey, I have a LunaWave antenna in my car? Probably not, but it'll change their life when they do. And I'll just throw out one more. And that is uh, uh, one of our startups is, is the letters ICRX. And ICRX is a new way to get an eyeglass prescription. Essentially, it will give you an eyeglass prescription in 20 seconds and it'll be totally accurate. So it'll be more accurate, as accurate or more accurate than today's, you know, four opter where the 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 doctor says, do you see better this way or this way? And this one left or right, all those questions, which is a little bit more subjective on how you feel when you're looking through it. This actually measures your eye and tells you what the prescription needs to be. You know, Doug, I am extremely impressed with the breadth of the development that Tech Launch is involved in. And you're absolutely right. Your efforts are going to uh, absolutely change the world. And it's an incredible impact that we have right here in the state of Arizona. You know, Doug, I'm very excited for you and all the developments that have been done. Uh, so tell us, tell our listeners, how can people who are in tech or who are in investors reach uh, Arizona Tech Launch and become involved. Anyone can reach out to me at any time. They can find information on our website, including my contact information and others in my office at techlaunch, T-E-C-H-L-A-U-N-C-H dot Arizona dot E-D-U. I invite our listeners to get involved. It's very exciting the products and the development and the fulfillment of those ideas and concepts will mean to the world at large. So Doug, congratulations for everything you've brought to the U of A, everything you're doing at U of A. We really appreciate it. And I think your contributions are immeasurable. Thank you very much for the quality of your time, sir. It has been an honor to have you on this podcast. Thank you, Linda. It's been an honor to be here. Appreciate it. I want to thank our special guests for taking the time for this interview today. We are excited that our next show will feature another fantastic Arizona Technology Council executive whose business is going on right here within the great state of Arizona. Thank you to our listeners for joining us today. And please, if you have any great suggestions for a future episode guest, or perhaps if you want to become a featured guest yourself, please contact the Arizona Technology Council's website and look for the Arizona Technology Council Tech Focus Member Spotlight Podcast. We look forward to spending time on our next episode with you together. And until then, remember, invest in innovation, Invest in your team and continue to invest in the technology sector right here in the great state of Arizona. See all of you next time.